You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What could you do if your data was working for you? and not against you. With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Wall Street prepares for the latest reading on inflation. Goldman Sachs begins its biggest round of job cuts since the pandemic. The Justice Department ramps up its investigation into the 2020 election. And Ukraine might be turning the corner in the war with Russia. We're learning more about the mother accused of drowning her children at Coney Island Beach. Plus, Senator Graham plans to introduce national abortion restrictions. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Mets lost to the Cubs. The Yankees visit the Red Sox tonight. Monday Night Football, Seattle, top Denver. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 16 points, Dow futures up 117, and NASDAQ futures up 46. The 10-year Treasury up 1030 seconds, yield 3.31%. Nathan. Karen, for markets today, it is all about inflation. We get the latest read on U.S. consumer prices at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. Forecasts call for inflation to ease, but Kroll Institute Chief Economist Megan Green says there is a risk prices go in the other direction. Well, I think we'll see headline inflation coming down thanks to uh, lower gas prices. But in terms of core inflation, we might see a tick up very moderately. I actually think the risks are on the downside. There's a possibility it could fall. But generally, I think it'll tick up very moderately. And that's good news that it's increasing at a slower rate. But I don't think that the Fed can breathe a sigh of relief just yet. Megan Green at Kroll says an energy crunch could push prices higher in the coming months. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg expect inflation for August to come in at an annual rate of 8.1 percent. Ahead of that report, Nathan, the mood in equity markets is risk on. Stocks in the Asia Pacific climbed overnight. And Bloomberg's Juliet Sally joins us with a recap from Sydney, Australia. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Karen. Tech stocks led the gains with Apple suppliers rallying amid strong pre-order data for the latest iPhones. South Korea's Cosby rose more than 2.5% as investors played catch-up after Monday's holiday. The offshore yuan weakened despite yet another strong fix from the PBOC, the 14th in a row. The bias was below 200 pips, though, for the first time in a week. Our MLive strategists highlighting this suggests the PBOC could be easing off slightly in its battering of yuan bearish bets. In Sydney, Julia 
at Sally Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Julia, thanks. Back here in the U.S., a couple corporate names we're watching this morning. Shares of Peloton are down more than 2% in early trading. That's after word chairman and co-founder John Foley is stepping down from the company. His resignation takes effect on Monday. Well, on the flip side, Nathan, we're seeing shares of Oracle Game. They're up almost 2% after earnings are in line with estimates. Sales for Oracle jumped 18% in the recent quarter thanks to strength in cloud computing. Elsewhere on Wall Street, Karen, job cuts are in focus this morning. Goldman Sachs is going ahead with its biggest round of cutbacks since the start of the pandemic. Sources say the bank plans to eliminate several hundred roles starting this month. Bloomberg's Valerie Titel says the cuts will be based on performance. They usually have an annual calling cycle, but I think I think what's notable about this one is that they are resuming normal activity after the pandemic. This comes after some pretty steep declines in investment banking activities, notably IPOs and junk debt issuance, creating, you know, quite some conditions for some significant layoffs to begin post-pandemic. Bloomberg's Valerie Titel says Goldman will use the cuts to weed out low performers. The move could signal a chill setting in across the finance industry as revenue slumps from record highs. Let's turn to politics now, Nathan, where an investigation into the 2020 election is heating up. The Justice Department is ramping up its probe into the plot to overturn the presidential election, issuing dozens of subpoenas targeting campaign operatives and allies of former President Trump. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has details from our 991 newsroom in Washington. About 40 new subpoenas were issued, the focus appearing to be the alleged scheme to have fake or alternate electors come to Washington to delay the certification of Joe Biden as president. The New York Times reports the Justice Department also seized the phones from Trump's lawyer, Boris Epstein, and campaign strategist Mike Roman. The Times says some of the new subpoenas focus on activities of the Save America Political Action Committee, which is the main political fundraising arm for Trump since he left office. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Amy, thank you. Let's turn our attention to Ukraine now. The country is asking for even more weapons to build on its recent successes in retaking territory from Russia. President Vladimir Zelensky says forces have recaptured more than 2,300 square miles this month. Former U.S. Defense Secretary Leon Panetta says this could mark a turning point in the war. I would say it's both uh, pivotal and dangerous. Uh, It's pivotal because uh, to have uh, Ukraine conducting a strong offensive uh, that's working uh, is uh, incredibly important to uh, putting real pressure on both Putin and the Russians. It's dangerous because Putin, if he's boxed in, obviously will have to strike back. Former Defense Secretary Leon Panetta spoke with David Weston on Bloomberg's Balance of Power. Catch the program weekdays at noon Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and Television, plus the Balance of Power podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, Nathan, to the U.K., where ceremonies remembering Queen Elizabeth continue this week. Mourners in Scotland are paying respect to the Queen this morning. And here with more is Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans. Thousands of people have been queuing through the night to see the Queen's Coffin at St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh. The Queen's Coffin will rest in the cathedral until about 5 p.m. local time today before beginning the journey back to London. It will then be taken to Buckingham Palace and then to Westminster Hall where the Queen will lie in state for four days. A national minute silence will be held at 8 p.m. on Sunday, the night before the Queen's funeral in Westminster Abbey. And Bloomberg's Leanne Garens reporting from London. We'll bring you live coverage of the Queen's funeral coming up Monday right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right, Karen, thank you. Let's look ahead to the market open now. Futures are moving higher. We have S&P futures up 18 points. Dow futures up 135. NASDAQ futures are higher by 53 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 9.30 seconds, yield 3.32%. NYMEX crude on the rise by one and a quarter percent of a dollar nine, eighty-eight dollars eighty-seven cents a barrel. The euro 1.1055 against the dollar. Local headlines and a check of sports just ahead. This is Bloomberg. And it's now 5.07 on Wall Street, 71 rainy degrees in Central Park. Really dealing with accidents, all these wet roads, southbound West Side Highway's got a crash at 125th. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. A tornado warning has just expired for people in the Breezy Point area. That's New York's Queens County and Kings County. It was issued until 5 a.m. So far, no early word yet of any damage. Keep in mind, though, flood warnings are in effect for a lot of the New York area. The mother of three children who were found dead at Coney Island Beach was questioned by the NYPD for about six hours before she was taken to a hospital for a psychological evaluation. Yesterday, police found the bodies of 70-year-old Zachary Murdy, 4-year-old Liliana, and three-month-old Oliver Bondarev. NYPD Chief of Department Kenneth Corey says the 30-year-old mother was found two miles down the boardwalk from her home in what appeared to be a catatonic state. She was wet, she was barefoot, um, and, and she was not um, communicative to the officers. The community was left in shock over the deaths of the children. Give them to somebody. Take them to somebody. Don't harm them like that. Police say family members claim the mother confessed that she drowned her children, but she has not said anything directly to investigators. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham plans to introduce legislation to restrict abortion nationally. The South Carolina senator has scheduled an announcement at the Capitol for later today. Graham's action raises the profile of abortion rights as an issue for the midterm elections. Negotiations between the unions representing railroad workers and management have stalled. This means some Amtrak riders could experience delays and could cause the rebounding economy to lose momentum. The deadline for a deal is just after midnight Friday. At last night's Emmys on NBC, HBO took home the top award for the sixth time in eight years, thanks to Succession for top drama and White Lotus for best limited series. Apple's Ted Lasso repeated as best comedy. Hwang Dong-yuk made history as the fourth South Korean director to win for best drama for Squid Game. Since Squid Game got 14 nomination at the Emmys, people keep telling me, like, uh, I made the history. But I don't think I made the history by myself. Because it was you who opened up the door for Squid Game, invited us here tonight at the Emmys. Squid Game's Lee Jung-jae, one outstanding actor in a drama. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Going up to 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stash. Good morning, Nathan. Mets back home from a road trip that saw them win 2-3 in Pittsburgh, 2-3 in Miami, now facing another subpar team, the Cubs. But Chicago got to Chris Bassett. A pair of early home runs. Bassett gone in the fourth inning, having allowed five runs. The Cubs won 5-2. But Atlanta lost in San Francisco, 3-2. Braves, third loss in a row. Mets remain game and a half ahead. Yankees and Red Sox tonight in Boston. Garrett Cole on the mound. The two teams behind the Yanks met. Toronto on a Bo Bichette, eighth inning homer, top Tampa Bay, three to two. So the Blue Jays now in second place, five and a half games behind the Yanks, and the Rays trail by six. The first NFL Sunday saw three teams, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and New Orleans, 
win games with last-second field goals of over 50 yards. Last night in Seattle, Denver tried to win with a 64-yard field goal. It missed, and the Seahawks won 17-16. Broncos had time to try and get a first down, move closer, but elected to try the long kick. So Russell Wilson loses in his return to Seattle in his first game with Denver. The Jets Sunday bring their... 13-game month of September losing streak to Cleveland. Jets offense struggled in the loss to Baltimore, but Coach Rob Sala feels it will improve. Those little errors that the offense was was having in the first half stop happening. It's going to be explosive. And then it carries on to the second half. You're, you're just going to feel it. Uh, and, and in a way, it, it does just click where you're just stacking up day after day after day and um, and it's really, really cool when it does happen because it, it just absolutely pops off the tape. Jets Sunday facing the Browns team that just won its season opener for the first time since 2004. Giants got their first since 2016. This Sunday they host Carolina. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thank you, John. S&P futures right now up 17 points. Dow futures up 123. NASDAQ futures are higher by 47 points ahead of August CPI. We preview the latest read on inflation next with Bloomberg's Michael McKee. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Showers and storms should end by, well, right around lunchtime. We'll get up to the low 80s today. Sunshine, low 80s tomorrow. Sunny Thursday, but cooler with a high near 75 degrees. Right now, some showers, 71 degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are advancing ahead of key inflation data. Treasury yields dipping and the dollar extending a decline. Contracts on the S&P 500 and NASDAQ 100 are rising. This after the S&P completed its best four-day surge since June following robust pre-order data for Apple's iPhone 14 Pro Max. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 16 points right now. Dow futures up 120. NASDAQ futures up 45. The DAX in Germany's up a tenth of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds, yield 3.32 percent. The yield on the two-year, 3.52 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 1 percent or 83 cents at $88.61 a barrel. COMEX gold down a quarter percent or $4.40 at 17.36.20 an ounce. The euro, 1.0150 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1707. The yen at 142.28. And Bitcoin lower down a third of a percent at $22,330. And the consumer price index is out at 8.30 Wall Street time. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. The coffin of Queen Elizabeth II will head from Edinburgh, Scotland to London. The Queen will lie in state in Westminster Hall for four days in London. More than 30 people associated with former President Trump and efforts to influence the 2020 election results have received federal grand jury subpoenas. Meanwhile, Trump and the Department of Justice agreed that Judge Raymond Deary would be a suitable choice for an outside special master to review the documents taken from Trump's Mar-a-Lago home as part of an investigation into his handling of government records. Monday Night Football, the Seahawks upset the Broncos 17-16. In baseball, the Mets lost to the Cubs 5-2. The Giants won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Michael, thanks. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers 
studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And for markets this morning, it is all about inflation. We are just about three hours or so away from the release of the August Consumer Price Index, a read that is going to be very important, we assume, for the Federal Reserve and its fight against inflation. Joining us now ahead of the CPI print, Michael McKee. Bloomberg's economics and policy correspondent for Bloomberg Radio and Television. Mike, good to have you with us in studio this morning. You look at the uh, Eco screen, Eco Go on the Bloomberg terminal. Looks like we're expecting a drop in overall inflation, but a slight uptick in the core reading, what the Fed really cares about. Why is that? Well, the core gives you a better picture of where inflation is going because, of course, the headline is influenced by commodity prices, particularly energy, which is a reason we're going to see a drop today probably is because energy prices, particularly gasoline prices in the U.S., fell significantly during the month of August, 7.7%. So we should see a drop in the headline, but there are a number of categories in the core where there is still strength, including housing, uh, the rental price cost that goes into CPI is likely to keep that boosted. Plus, there is a base effect, a high inflation last year So at this time. So the Fed is probably going to look at this as progress, but not nearly sufficient. Is there anything that, I mean, there isn't anything that the Fed can do about base effects. That's going to roll into uh, the reading we get today. What can the Fed do at this point to uh, get more of a handle on that core inflation? Well, it's interesting because a lot of uh, people on Wall Street are saying it's not what the Fed does in reaction to this CPI report, but what the markets do. If the markets think the Fed is going to back off and react positively to uh, drop in the headline CPI, uh, the feeling is that might be a mistake because the Fed seems committed to 75 basis points at the next meeting, and their view is going to be not uh, you know necessary but not sufficient in terms of the drop in prices they're going to want to see continued progress and significant progress particularly in the core now as to how they can bring that about uh, basically by keeping rates high enough that demand slows some and then waiting uh, there isn't much you can do uh, about the speed with which housing goes into the CPI it could be a year before we see the current declines in home prices and rents start to impact the uh, CPI report. So the Fed's got to keep the pedal to the metal and uh, keep their uh, eyes on inflation and and not celebrate too much. You talk to Fed speakers, central bankers regularly, Mike. Have they given you any reason to think that if we did see a drop in the overall inflation print that it would give them reason to uh, let up on the gas? Yeah, they're not saying that. Uh, They're basically committed to 75. The feeling at the Fed seems to have shifted over the last couple of weeks to uh, from reacting to the data on a month-by-month basis to deciding we're going to get to a slightly restrictive rate, just some above neutral, which different members define different ways. Some say that's 4%. Some say it's just under. But the feeling is they're going to get there, and then they're going to turn data dependent. They're going to want to have the economy... uh, Contracting somewhat, uh, maybe not uh, shrinking, but growing at a much lower pace. And that should bring down some of the other price pressures out there. Then they leave it there for a while until they're convinced that inflation is definitely going down towards their 2% target. 
Our last minute here, Mike, uh, given all the factors that go into core CPI, what are you seeing? What are you looking for as the uh, main drivers of core inflation and the reading we could get later this morning? Housing is going to be the main driver. It's 30% of the CPI, so it has a huge weight, which is one of the differences between that and the Fed's uh, PCE index that they tend to watch. It has a lower weight on housing. But also new cars prices are still expected to be rising. And then we'll have to see if there's some categories where supply chains are still causing problems. Fed's hoping that's starting to normalize, but hasn't so far. Yeah, <laughs> it harkens back to that uh, T word we, we don't say anymore, right? Yeah, Transitory. Exactly. Mike McKee, our economics and policy correspondent for Bloomberg Radio and Television, helping us get ready uh, for the all-important August Consumer Price Index. The uh, overall reading expected to drop four-tenths percent, according to economists surveyed by Bloomberg 2, an annual uh, reading of 8.1%, while the core that excludes food and energy is expected to rise just a bit by two-tenths of a per- uh, percent to 6.1 year over year. Looking ahead to the market open, futures are uh, showing a little bit of resilience. We've got S&P futures right now up 15 points, Dow futures up 114, and NASDAQ futures are higher by 42 points. Ten-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds, the yield 3.32%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Any showers and storms should end by midday today. We'll get into the low 80s. Sunshine, low 80s tomorrow. Sunny, mid-70s by Thursday. Right now, 72 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. U.S. futures are higher ahead of the latest data on inflation. We get a reading on U.S. consumer prices for August at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. Forecasts call for inflation to ease to an annual rate of 8.1%. And here with more is Bloomberg economics correspondent Michael McKee. Falling energy prices likely held down headline inflation in August, but higher costs for housing and education are forecast to have pushed core inflation higher. Fed officials have all but said they're locked in on a three-quarters percentage point increase for interest rates next week. A higher core rate won't affect their thinking, but it will serve as a reminder the fight against inflation is far from over. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. Global stocks are slightly higher ahead of that CPI report. Stocks in Europe and Asia are posting moderate gains. S&P futures are up 16 points. Well, elsewhere on Wall Street, Nathan, job cuts are in focus this morning. Goldman Sachs is going ahead with its biggest round of cutbacks since the start of the pandemic. Sources tell us the bank plans to eliminate several hundred roles starting this month. Bloomberg's Sally Bakewell says the move could signal a chill setting in across the industry. The other investment banks, they face similar challenges. They're battling inflation. They have also seen a slump in deal making, in investment banking. And we understand that a lot of the cuts with Goldman Sachs were in that division. And so we can expect that this sets the tone a little bit for broader Wall Street and that we we might start to see other banks following suit. 
And Bloomberg Sally Bakewell says the cuts at Goldman will be used to weed out low performers. Let's turn our attention to Ukraine now, Karen. The country is asking for more weapons to build on its recent success retaking territory from Russia. President Vladimir Zelensky says forces have recaptured more than 2,300 square miles this month. Agnia Grigas is a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council. I do believe this spells a turning point, and at this point we could suggest that either Russia is facing defeat or it's facing a stalemate. Agnia Grigas with the Atlantic Council says the areas Ukraine is securing could give them a strategic advantage over Russia. And finally, in politics this morning, Nathan, the Justice Department is ramping up its probe into the plot to overturn the 2020 presidential election. The DOJ is issuing about 40 new subpoenas to campaign operatives and allies of former President Donald Trump. The New York Times is also reporting that phone records were seized from a Trump lawyer and a campaign strategist. And again, futures are moving higher this morning. And straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 71 degrees in Central Park. Flooding as eastbound Belt Parkway closed at 4th Avenue. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. The 30-year-old mother who is accused of drowning her three young children at Coney Island Beach remains hospitalized under psychiatric evaluation this morning. Yesterday, the bodies of 7-year-old Zachary Murdy, 4-year-old Alana, and 3-month-old Oliver Bondarev were found on the shore of the beach. The NYPD says the woman, who has not yet been identified, was found soaking wet, nearly catatonic, and barefoot about two miles down the boardwalk from the section of Coney Island where she lived. The community is reacting to the news. Zachary's school football coach says it's hard to believe. Solid kid, really good kid, always smiling on a football field. Police say family members claim she confessed to the killings but has not said anything to police. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina will once again try to introduce legislation to restrict abortion nationally. Graham has scheduled an announcement for later today at the Capitol. The politically explosive debate is emerging as one of the central issues in the midterm election campaign. The White House is working to avert a rail worker strike. President Biden has reached out to both the unions and railroad companies. If a deal isn't made by Friday, it could lead to major rail disruptions. Amtrak already announced it will be suspending several routes. The Association of American Railroads says a nationwide rail work stoppage could result in a $2 billion daily economic hit. Jason Sudeikis' comedy Ted Lasso aired on Apple claimed the top comedy prize at last night's Emmy Awards. Uh, this show is about good and evil. It's, this show is about, like, the truth and lies. This show is about uh, all that stuff, but it's mostly about our response to those things. And, and your response to our show has been overwhelming. HBO Succession took home the top drama honor. Another HBO show, White Lotus, was named the best limited series. Lee Jung-jae of Squid Game won the best drama actor. The Emmys were aired on NBC. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. NFL Week 1 ended with Denver at Seattle. So Russell Wilson's first game with the Broncos was against his old team. He wanted to get traded. That's why he got booed. Wilson threw for 340 yards, but twice in the second half, the Broncos fumbled at the Seattle one-yard line. Then they missed a long field goal. Seattle won. 
17-16. The new Seahawks QB is Geno Smith, the former Jet and Giant. He played well, especially in the first half. Jets did not play well in the loss of the Ravens. Their 13th loss in a row in September, so plenty of critics. But Jets coach Rob Sala thinks he will have the last laugh. I know what's going to happen. And I'm and I'm taking we're, we're all taking receipts on all the people who continually mock and and say that we ain't going to do anything. I'm taking receipts. And I'm going to be more than happy to share them with all of y'all when it's all said and done. Jets Sunday visit Cleveland. The Browns just won at Carolina. The one and Giants host the Panthers Sunday. Week three they play Dallas. The big NFL injury out of week one. Dak Prescott already had surgery on an injured hand. Expected to keep the Cowboys QB out six to eight weeks. City Field Cubs beat the Mets five to two. Not a good outing for Chris Bassett. Gave up all five. Gone in the fourth inning. But Atlanta has suddenly lost three in a row. Mets take game and a half ahead. Yankees and Red Sox tonight in Boston. Just a two-game series. They'll play four times next weekend in New York. Mike Trout homered for the Angels. Seventh game in a row. He can tie the Major League record tonight. MLB told the Dodgers that if they won Sunday, they'd clinch the playoff first. So they won and they celebrated. And then MLB informed them they had made a mistake. So they celebrated again after a win last night. And they may celebrate again tonight. They can clinch the division. John Stash out with Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks, John. It's 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. Hundreds of New York Times employees are defying the company's return to office push. More than 1,200 journalists and tech workers represented by the News Guild of New York pledged not to return to the office Monday in an effort to get the Times to negotiate return to office plans. New Jersey has won its third credit rating upgrade this year, putting the state in better standing than when Governor Phil Murphy came into office in 2018. Fitch Ratings raised the rating one notch to A, the sixth highest investment grade from A-. Connecticut's Governor Ned Lamont has requested disaster declarations for Litchfield and New Haven counties because of the difficulty agricultural producers face with the ongoing drought. Lamont cited the high drought level for the counties. Officials approved primary disaster declarations for New London and Wyndham counties in August. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. It's 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potus. On 1010 Wins in New York, we're talking about New York Times staffers challenging the paper's return to office policy. I'm Courtney Donahoe on WHAS in Louisville. Starbucks is offering new perks for non-union stores. I'm Caroline Hepke on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on the latest UK jobs numbers showing the unemployment rate dropping to the lowest since 1974. I'm Ed Corey on WTAM in Cleveland. I'm reporting Energy Focus has a new CEO. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Negotiations to revive the 2015 nuclear agreement with Iran have reached yet another impasse with Tehran pressing for last-minute concessions. Most observers now expect talks to languish until after the U.S. midterm elections in November. Further delay is risky. The IAEA estimates Iran already has enough enriched uranium to build a nuclear weapon. 
Iran has also blocked the agency from monitoring how many advanced centrifuges it's manufacturing, raising the possibility it could continue enriching secretly even if the deal is revived. That means the U.S. will need to take many of the same actions to contain the threat whether the deal is resurrected or not. Shifting to so-called Plan B now could persuade Iran to back off its most unreasonable demands and would help the U.S. deal with the consequences if it doesn't. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash Opinion or O-P-I-N-Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. Ahead of the market open, ahead of August CPI, futures are higher. S&P futures up 15 points. Dow futures up 115. NASDAQ futures are higher by 40 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Some lingering showers should end by around lunchtime. Low 80s for an afternoon high. Sunshine, low 80s tomorrow. Sunny mid-70s by Thursday. Right now cloudy, 71 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning ahead of key inflation data due out later. Treasury yields dipping and the dollar extending a decline. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up about 16 points. Dow futures up 119. NASDAQ futures up 40. The DAX in Germany is up a quarter percent. Ten-year Treasury up 10.30 seconds. Yield 3.31 percent. The yield on the two-year 3.52 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up one and a third percent of a dollar seventeen at eighty-eight dollars ninety-five cents a barrel. COMEX gold down a tenth of a percent or two dollars at seventeen thirty-eight sixty an ounce. The euro one point oh one six three against the dollar. British pound one point one seven oh nine and the yen one forty-two point two five. And looking at Bitcoin this morning, it's little changed at twenty-two thousand three hundred ninety dollars. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, Karen, thank you very much. Final fair. Well, from Scotland to their longest-serving monarch, a stream of visitors believed to be a mile long lined up to pay their last respects as the Queen lies in rest in Edinburgh for 24 hours. The Queen's coffin will later be taken to London to lie in state for four days. Ukrainian troops continue to pile unrelenting pressure on retreating Russian forces. They are seeking to hold on to their sudden momentum that has produced major territorial gains. Monday Night Football, the Seahawks upset the Broncos 17-16. In baseball, the Mets lost to the Cubs 5-2. The Giants won. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. We're coming up to 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak on a morning where we're seeing a major development in one of the many investigations surrounding former President Donald Trump. For details, we turn to Joe Matthew, our Washington correspondent, host of Sound On here on Bloomberg Radio, joining us live from our Bloomberg 991 studios in the nation's capital. Joe, 
tell us more about this major escalation. We're hearing dozens of subpoenas. What yeah. is this? It's uh, it's pretty incredible, and you know it's getting to be difficult to keep all of the investigations straight here. This is the Justice Department, which is of course investigating attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Dozens of campaign operatives, allies of former President Donald Trump, receiving these subpoenas over the past couple of days. One of them was Bernie Carrick, uh, mm. Nathan, the former police commissioner, New York City police commissioner. And we know, of course, that uh, that he was in the so-called war room at the Willard Hotel a block or two away from the White House and has loomed large in this whole investigation. They are specifically, as we understand... And the New York Times has done some good reporting on this, asking for information about efforts to create fake electors in a number of swing states who would resist, remember, certification of Joe Biden. That was the plan. This is what they are looking into. Now, uh, as you say, it is kind of difficult uh, at this point to sort of keep track of the multiple investigations surrounding the former president. So uh, this is separate from the other Justice Department investigation into the into the boxes of documents at Mar-a-Lago, right? Yes, and and we need to we need to keep this straight. Uh, also, uh, progressing as we speak here, the Justice Department accepting the the Trump nominee, if you will, uh, the individual, the judge who the the Trump legal team asked for. Or to be a so-called special master. Judge Raymond Deary is the name. A former chief federal judge in New York is apparently acceptable to all parties. And so that is going to be who's digging through uh, these uh, potentially thousands of documents, at least hundreds as we understand it. That is a separate track. And the January 6th committee on Capitol Hill is conducting its own uh, investigation, we'll call it, but it's not one that will end in charges because it's congressional. By the way, Nathan, they're talking about doing another hearing as soon as this month. Yeah, and I wonder, Joe, what, uh, given that word that we did get that the uh, the House January 6th committee hearings are going to resume later this month, whether this latest development first reported by the New York Times about the subpoenas is going to yeah. play into that. It's, it's, they're, they're kind of uh, parallel investigations. Well, think. there's a lot of overlap here. That is for sure. And that's why it is difficult to delineate. It's, it's up to the Department of Justice, of course, how they want to proceed on this. And it's difficult once they really get going here, as we've seen with the Mar-a-Lago investigation, sometimes it's unclear exactly what they're doing in real time. That's by design. Uh, it's only because of Donald Trump, who has issued any number of, uh, of, of social media posts and statements that have really brought us the most information that, that we have received on this. And uh, on top of all this, Joe, we're hearing that there could be yet another line of inquiry on Capitol Hill based <laughs> on this new book that's coming out today. You from, just want to go uh, deeper, Nathan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. This is yeah. true. And by the way, there are any number of books about Donald Trump. This one sure, got the sure. uh, attention of Dick Durbin, uh, who is at least as of now, of course, the chair of the uh, Judiciary Committee. And it certainly got his attention here. Uh, allegations that President Trump's Justice Department uh, went after critics of the pre- of the president, tried to prosecute them, and specifically uh, Greg Craig, who you might remember that name, uh, a former Clinton administration official, uh, one of one of the the White House. He was White House counsel, one of the the lawyers in the Clinton White House, prosecuted for political reasons, according to this report. Uh, having found no reason to bring charges, he was later acquitted in a case that he was in which he was accused of lying about work on behalf of the Ukrainian government. But but Nathan, it led to nothing. 
Oh, lots to uh, keep track of, lots to follow for Bloomberg Washington correspondent Joe Matthew. We didn't even get to the, the policy or the uh, announcements happening on the White House and on Capitol Hill today, but we'll do that in our next hour as uh, Bloomberg Daybreak continues here. Joe Matthew, our Washington correspondent, joining us from our Bloomberg 99.1 studios in the nation's capital. Karen. All right, Nathan, thank you. It is 5.53 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Law Report, brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 90 years. More at ADR.org. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. New York Governor Kathy Hochul is allowing her pandemic-related emergency powers to expire. She says COVID cases are under control. New York federal court records show that IBM has tentatively settled two leading class actions that accuse the company of getting rid of older employees and replacing them with younger ones. Records from a California federal court indicate a Starbucks customer settled her claims that the coffee chain's hot chocolate, advertised as ethically sourced, is produced with child labor. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thanks. And now another legal story we're watching this morning brings us to Wall Street, where a federal appeals court has saved Citigroup from a nearly billion-dollar mistake. Last August, Citi mistakenly paid out more than $900 million of its own money to a group of lenders expecting an interest payment on behalf of Revlon. Initially, a judge ruled that Revlon only needed to send back half the money to Citi. But now a Second Circuit judge has reversed that ruling. For more on the case, Bloomberg's June Grosso speaks with Eric Talley, a professor at Columbia Law School. Eric, you compared this appellate process to an episode of The Twilight Zone. Tell us why. Well, one of the things that was difficult, especially after the trial court's opinion, was that we knew that this issue was being appealed to the Second Circuit, and we didn't know what the Second Circuit was going to do with it, whether they were going to affirm it, whether they were going to reverse it, whether they were going to contract out the job to the New York court system, which they might have done. And in the interim, what happened is that Revlon filed for bankruptcy. Well, bankruptcy is a process that requires absolute clarity about who is owed what. And here we were in the middle of not knowing who, if anyone, was owed this money by Revlon or by Citibank. And the bankruptcy process was going forward without having any resolution from the Second Circuit. So that's why it was a little bit in the twilight zone, because there was just kind of a surprising and almost disabling amount of uncertainty having to do with what was the status of this mistaken payment, whether Citibank could claw it back, whether Citibank became a lender since they paid off the other lenders, they get to step in their shoes, or whether the debt of Revlon just mysteriously disappeared. And we sat waiting for a year to figure out how the Second Circuit was going to rule on this. The trial judge's decision decision allowing the creditors to keep the more than half a billion dollars accidentally sent to them was a surprise. So was the Second Circuit's decision reversing that opinion not a surprise? I think it depends whom you ask. To me, it was not surprising on the overall merits of the case itself. It seems highly implausible that someone that you're about to sue will suddenly, without trying to get a settlement agreement with you or a standstill agreement, suddenly just pay off the money. It just kind of taxes one's common sense to think that that would even be possible. And that's important because this limited finders-keepers doctrine 
requires as an absolute necessity that the person that gets the mistaken payment doesn't know or doesn't even have reason to know that it's a mistake. And that just didn't seem likely here. And that's Eric Talley, a professor at Columbia Law School, speaking with Bloomberg's Jim Grasso. Catch more of that interview, plus analysis of the latest legal news, by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BlawGo. And futures are higher this morning. S&P futures up about 18 points. Dow futures up 132. And NASDAQ futures up 51. And still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, we have a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. And this is Bloomberg. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun from May 14th to 16th a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.